Hi listeners, welcome back to Motivate, the Motivation and Inspiration Podcast. I'm your host, Dahi D, and today's guest is Jim Rohn talking about goal setting. Jim Rohn says that you need to set goals that help you become something, that help you achieve more out of life, that helps you become a different person. Today's episode really sticks with the theme of goal setting for this week. All of these individuals set goals early on, and it really shows that setting the goals helped them achieve their success. They were able to visualize exactly what they wanted and set a target for whatever they wanted to achieve. It's super important when you're starting out to go after the goals that you set, because then you know exactly who you need to be and what you need to do to get to that level. It's also important to set meaningful goals, goals that help you become a better person because you achieved them. It's easy to set a goal that you've been brainwashed into thinking was meaningful. For example, maybe you think a goal of yours should be to make a million dollars. But when you sit back and think about it, Do you really want the million dollars or is there something more meaningful beyond that? Like maybe you actually just want a job that pays you well enough to fund your hobbies and has enough enjoyment for you so that you actually like your life. Things like this are what you should take into consideration when you're making goals. Don't always take the easy route of everyone makes it seem like this is what I need. Focus on what you need for yourself and you'll become a better person as a result. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoy the speakers on today's show. So the first part of the key is to design the promise. Then what is the price to pay? I'm telling you, the price will be easy. Anybody in my audience can pay. No matter where you are, where you come from. Color doesn't matter. Religion doesn't matter. Where you grew up doesn't matter. Circumstances don't matter. I'm telling you, if you'll make the promise of the future clear for yourself. The things you want, the places you want to go, the things you want to have, the person you want to become, the skills you want, the homes you want, the future you want, the friends you want, all of the values of life that you could possibly want. If you'll make that clear, make those lists, and be serious about it, I promise you it's an easy price to pay. Anybody can pay it. And the best advice I can give you is, if I can do it, you can do it. Farm boy from Idaho, raised in obscurity, I changed my life, turned it upside down, turned it all around, found economics, found future, found promise, and if I can do it, you can do it. So start setting your goals and see if you can't get a better excitement going for the things you want to accomplish for the future. One of the major reasons for setting goals is for what they make of you in achieving. My teacher advised me when I first got started at age 25, he said, Jim, why don't you set a goal to become a millionaire? He said, it's got a nice ring to it. You know, enough zeros to impress your accountant. And he said, I'm here to help you. You're only 25 years old. You've been to one year of college. You've got a beautiful family, every reason to do it. Why don't you set a goal to become a millionaire? And he said, here's why. And I thought, he doesn't need to teach me why. Wouldn't it be nice to have a million dollars? He said, no, then you'll miss it. He said, here's why. For what it will make of you to achieve it. I'm telling you, that statement changed my life. Set the kind of goals that will make something of you to achieve them. He said, now, once you become a millionaire, what's important is not the money. I thought, that's kind of strange teaching. He said, honest, it isn't important. He said, you could just give the money away. 
Now, I did better than that. I lost it all. By the time I was 31, I was a millionaire. By the time I was 33, I was broke. And I'll tell you a little bit about that story later. But when I lost all my money, guess what? I found out Mr. Schoff was right. What was valuable was not the money. What was valuable was what I became to earn the money. The skills I had, the knowledge I had about the marketplace, the values that I had going for me, they were more valuable than the money. And here's an important statement to remember. It's not what you get that makes you valuable. It's what you become. Dopamine is the feeling uh, that you found something you're looking for or that you accomplished something you set out to accomplish. So you know that feeling you get when you cross something off your to-do list? That's dopamine. Feels awesome. You know when you, when you have a goal to, to hit and you achieve that goal, you're like, yes! You feel like you've won something, right? That's dopamine. The whole purpose of dopamine is to make sure that we get stuff done, right? Um, the, uh, the historical reason for dopamine, we would never eat if we only waited to get until we got hungry because there's no guarantee that we would find food. So dopamine exists to help us go looking for food. We get dopamine when we eat, which is one of the reasons we like eating. And so when you see something that reminds you of something that feels good, we want to do the behavior that helps us get that feeling, right? So let's say you're out there going for a walk and you see an apple tree in the distance. You get a small hit of dopamine. And then what it does is it focuses us on our goals. And now we start walking towards the apple tree. And as the apple tree starts to get a little bigger, we feel like we're making progress, you get another little shot of dopamine, and another little shot of dopamine until you get to the tree and you're like, yes! Okay, this is why we're told you must write down your goals. Your goals must be tangible. There's a, there's a biological reason for that. We, we're very, very visually oriented animals. You have to be able to see the goal for it to biologically stay focused. Right? If you don't write down your goals, if you can't see your goals, it's very hard to get motivated, to get inspired. For example, think about corporate visions. Right? A corporate vision has to be something we can see. Right? That's why it's called a vision. You can see it. Right? To be the biggest, most respected, to be the fastest growing are not visions. They're nothing. Right? What does that even look like? Respected by whom? Your mother? Yourself? Your friends, your shareholders, who knows? What's the metric? Dunno. It's amorphous, doesn't motivate us. Just like I can't tell you, you will get a bonus if you achieve more. You're gonna ask me, how much more? I'm gonna say, more. Doesn't work. You need a tangible goal. You need a tangible goal, right? Here's a great vision. Martin Luther King, I have a dream that one day, little black children and little white children play on the playground together and hold hands together. We can imagine that. We can set our sights on that. And every time we achieve a goal and achieve a metric and achieve a milestone that makes us feel like we're making progress to the, the vision we can see, we keep going and going and going until we achieve something remarkable. You have to be able to see it. Dopamine. Like I said, dopamine is the feeling you get. Tell your kid, here's an impossible thing. Why don't you go out and fail? You say, Here's something worth going after. Here's a step you could take that would push you beyond where you are, but that you also have a reasonably high probability of succeeding at. Mm -hmm. Right? They call that within the, a time frame. Within yeah, yeah. some time frame. That's the other thing. You have to parameterize it with regards to time frame. That's right. And that puts you in the zone of proximal development. And that's a that's a concept that was generated by a guy named Vygotsky. He was a Russian developmental psychologist and a smart one. It's where the idea of the zone comes from, mm -hmm. to be in the zone. Yes. And when you're in the zone, you're expanding your skills at, in a manner that's 
intrinsically rewarding because you're succeeding. And so you want to set, if you're good to yourself, you think, okay, I need to set a goal, but I need to set a goal that someone as stupid and useless as me could probably attain if they put some effort into it. Right. And then, you got, then you've got it perfectly because it's not so high that it's grandiose or impossible that you fail necessarily and then justify your bitterness. It's like, well, I could do, well, because that, that happens to people. <laughs> happens and, all the time. Yeah, it's like. I see this all the time. You know, it's like, it's, yes, exactly. Well, I set a goal and I didn't attain it, so I'm not gonna set any more goals. Right. It's like, no, you set a goal that was inappropriate. For the you, time frame. Mm -hmm, yeah. That's right, you didn't calibrate it properly. Yeah. And, and you're playing a trick on yourself because you wanted to fail so that you could justify not having to try. And being a victim, mm -hmm. yeah. Which isn't even helpful. You're still going to be a victim. It's yeah. like there's no way out of that, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, because life is this life is a challenge that in some sense can't be surmounted. So there's no way out of your problem. But there are certainly proper ways of dealing with it. Yeah. When you set out to find something you're looking for as well, you talked about the to-do list. I came home from a trip just a couple days ago and I had a bunch of errands to run and I wrote down a little list of things I had to do and off I went, right? And as I was walking past, I think it was the dry cleaners, I don't remember. I was walking past something, I remembered, oh, I have to do that, and I hadn't written it down on my, my to-do list. So I went in and finished what I needed to do, and then when I came out, I then wrote it on my to-do list and then crossed it out. Because <laughs> I wanted the dopamine. Feels good. <laughs> dopamine comes with a warning. Dopamine is highly, highly, highly addictive. Here are some other things that release dopamine. Alcohol, nicotine, gambling, your cell phone. Oh, you think I'm joking. Okay, we've all been told that, uh, you know, uh, if you wake up in the morning and you crave a drink, you might be an alcoholic. Well, if you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is check your phone before you even get out of bed. You might be an addict. If you walk from room to room in your own apartment holding your telephone. <laughs> you might be an addict. When you're driving in your car and you get a text and your phone goes beep. We, we hate email, true, we love the beep, the buzz, the ding, oh. Right? You'll be there in 10 minutes and yet you have to look at it right now. You might be an addict and even if you read it and it says, are you free for dinner next Thursday and you have to reply immediately, you can't wait the 10 minutes? You might be an addict. And for all you Gen Ys out there who like to think that you're better at multitasking because you grew up with the technology, then why do you keep crashing your cars when you're texting? <laughs> you're, not, you're not better at multitasking, you're better at getting distracted. In fact, if you look at the statistics, ADD and ADHD have, uh, diagnoses of ADD and ADHD have risen 66% in the past 10 years. Okay. ADD and ADHD is a frontal lobe disorder, right? Are you telling me out of nowhere 66% of our youth have a frontal lobe problem? Where did that come from? No, it's a misdiagnosis, right? What, what, are the, what are the symptoms of a dopamine addiction to technology? Distractibility, inability to, uh, to get things done, easily, easily distracted, you know? Shortness of attention, it's all the same thing, so we misdiagnose things. It's this, it's the addictive quality of dopamine. We can also get addicted to performance in our companies when all they do is give us numbers to hit, numbers to hit, numbers to hit, and a bonus you get, and a bonus you get, and a bonus you get. All they're doing is feeding us with dopamine, and we can't help ourselves. All we do is want more, more, more. It's no surprise that the banks destroyed the economy 
because one of the things we know about dopamine addict is they will do anything to get another hit, sometimes at the sacrifice of their own resources and their relationships. Ask any alcoholic gambling addict or, or drug addict. Ask, ask them how their relationships are doing and if they've squandered any of their resources. It's an addiction. Dopamine is dangerous if it is unbalanced. It is hugely helpful when in a comfortable and balanced system, but when unbalanced, it's dangerous and it's destructive. I used to be able to, to eat whatever I want, and then in six weeks I could get in any shape I wanted to get into, but that's not the case anymore. We're, we're around the 12 or 14 week uh, uh, mandatory uh, training to, to do anything, but, but I love it. I'm, I, enjoy, um, I enjoy the discipline of it. For me, working on on your body is the beginning of everything. You know, your mind starts to work better, you're uh, a better husband, a better father, a better friend, and life is just better when you, you know, care for your body at the highest level. Anytime I put something in the world, I, I'm, I'm always connecting to an idea. I'm, I'm always asked, why am I making this? What, why, so I'm putting this out in the world why? So with, with concussion, Dr. Bennett Omalu was deeply connected to tell the truth. And he said that truth doesn't have a side. And that's what he kept saying. I thought that was such a powerful that idea that there, you know, whose side are you on? Are you a Republican or a Democrat? I'm, I'm, just, I'm trying to tell the truth. truth. The truth doesn't have a side. What can assure me as a human being and a concerned African-American that the ANC will indeed have a fiscal solvent policy that will continue the use of the resources of South Africa in a meaningful way. Or should I put it more succinctly, will your economy be based on the Marxist system, socialism, or capitalism, or both? I knew that, that, that was the question you wanted to ask. <laughs> I am happy that you have had the courage to put it directly. <laughs> we are not concerned with models. We are not concerned with labels. We are practical men and women whose solutions are dictated by the actual conditions existing in our country. As somebody has said, we do not care whether the cat is black or white as long as it can catch mice. So I would get kicked in the face and I would do something really dumb. I'd be called an idiot, told how stupid I was. And then I'd just be like, all right, I need to recenter. And that just became my obsession. I need to be able to emotionally get back to complete neutral so fast that you don't even see a register on my face. How'd you do it? How do you do that? Literally practicing. So I could get... I could be in a situation where I'm being berated or, or I legitimately mess up and it costs money and it's like, whoa, that's on me and it is nobody's bad but my own. And I realized that what most people do, their strategy is to deflect it. It's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes. So I started thinking of this as a metaphor. People are throwing gold at me. They're throwing it really hard mm -hmm. and I can put a shield up and deflect it, but mm -hmm. then I lose that piece of gold. Mm -hmm. If I drop my shield and just take the pain, let it hit me in the head, then I bend down and go, this thing, which was me being stupid, there's a lesson here. Cool. And now I have this piece of gold. Cool, cool, cool. But the whole thing is I have to be defenseless. Mm -hmm. So I have to own it, I have to take it, I can't fight. If someone is like, this to this day, if our team is like, hey, there's something we need to point out to you, I'll do this. 
I square up to it. I want them to know, like, hey, I want to hear it. I want to know. Like, I want to be literally physically open. I'm not going to close down. I'm going to do everything I can to square off, to open mm. myself so that they know I'm receptive oh, to bro. the criticism, right? Because that's the nugget of gold. What I know is it's going to hurt. It's going to sting. Yep. But if I can emotionally recenter so fast you don't even see that I went through something, now I can just process how do I take this information you've given me and get better?